Welcome to Sonoma Ashram's podcast, Sunday Satsang with Babaji. With great love and respect in my heart, I welcome you to this beautiful Sunday morning. Before we begin, let's just take a moment to arrive. Wherever you are, just get settled. Imagine pulling your spine straight and opening your shoulders. Thinking of stillness, welcome that breath. Breathing in, you're aware of the breath flowing in. Breathing out, you are aware of breath going out. And as you are doing this, just send your prayers to a great being who just left his body, Thich Han, who has done so much to spread the message of peace and harmony in the world. Your eyes are calm, facial muscles are relaxed. <clears throat> breath coming in and breath going out. Let your mind rest in the center of the forehead. Imagine your eyes to be absolutely still. If they are not still, pull them back a little bit and point them towards the center of the forehead. You visualize that little triangle between the two eye sockets and center of the forehead. Hold the mind at the top of the triangle. For a moment, even suspend your breath to intensify the stillness. Stillness of the body, stillness of the breath, stillness of the mind.
And then release the breath before you begin to tense out. Scan your body for any unnecessary tension. Just breathe it out, let it settle down. Soften. Again, pause your breath, still your mind. at the center of the forehead. And slowly, we open our eyes. Welcome the breath. Thank you for taking this time. It's beautiful to see you every Sunday morning. And um, as I sit and look at your stillness, I can actually feel that how this web of stillness connects us all. Thank you for taking this time. As I had promised that we are going back to the basic with the beginning of the new year. And previously we have established that in order to connect with your wholeness, with your divinity, some kind of spiritual practice is required. I run across people, I ask them, do you have a spiritual practice? Yes. Some I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And it's all the same anyway, right Babaji? As long as I'm doing something, yes. 
it's all the same. But <clears throat> if you want to get to the water, you have to dig one well deep. Otherwise, we dig a little potholes here, a little pothole here, a little pothole here, and we keep moving. We never get to the water. Please remember, all the practices in all great traditions, they're all good. But in order to get to the water, in order to get to that, connection, it's very important to stick on with one practice, whatever it is. Given the nature of our mind with these four nooses, sam, dam, dand, bhed, these four distractions of the mind, it is very difficult for us to settle on one thing. And we all know how hard the commitment is to anything. Because we live in the land of options. With the abundance comes option, many options. If there is no option, then we our mind figures out a way to make peace with it, and then we go on. But as long as there are options, the mind is always looking for something different. Grass is always greener on the other side, or it gets a little tough, gets a little hard. We move on to another place and start digging another hole. That's a little tough over there, we move on to another place. So we keep giving ourselves <clears throat> the illusion of being on a spiritual path. In order to progress on a path, it's very important to have one steady practice. But with this mind, it's very hard for us to settle on one. This is why in the yogic India, it is said, your practice will be given to you by your guru. You have all the choice and the freedom to find a guru, to establish a relationship with a teacher. then ask the guru for your practice. You do not choose your practice. If you choose your practice, next day you think, oh, maybe there is a little better practice because you do not trust yourself. We do not trust ourselves enough.
We have all the time, all the freedom to choose a guru. But once we have found a guru that we resonate with, that we, who has walked the path, who has time for you, who is accessible to you, then you establish the relationship of guru and student, disciple, ask for the practice. Once the guru has given you the practice, my job is just to do that. This is the only requirement. And this is how it works. In Guru-based tradition is an old ancient tradition. And our rishis, our sages, yogis, we're aware of the nature of the mind. As long as I choose my practice, I will talk myself out of it and go out looking for something different. It is said, the day you find your guru, 80% of your journey is done is acquired. 10% you make effort and the remaining 10% guru just gives you a lift and you jump. But the question is to establish that relationship just by finding a Babaji is not that I have found my guru. Having that relationship with the guru that if the guru suggest something, if guru gives me some practice, at any cost, this practice is not going to be compromised. The day you have found your guru, if somebody comes and tells you there is somebody there with four arms and four heads and giving a darshan, you have no interest going and seeing. You have already found your path and you are com comfortable with it. There is no need for that. It's just a waste of time. It's just more distraction. That's called finding the guru. But there is no space for any more uh, miracles and shooting stars. You know your practice. You know your guru. You know your lineage. You know your path and you are just walking on. Guru, this is the word. Gu means darkness. Ru means remover. This is the word what guru means. Remover of the darkness. What is the darkness? In the life of an aspirant, Doubt. Doubt is the biggest darkness in the life of a seeker, practitioner. Why doubt? You are doing something, you are practicing, practicing, practicing. One day some kind of doubt comes in. And as soon as the doubt comes in, all this that you have built up kind of just washes away. 
And doubt not only in spiritual practice, doubt in your, in your own effort. You are making effort towards something. You're really working hard. And you have this doubt going on in your mind. I will succeed or not or not. Or not. One day, just you cave in. If we have no doubt, no matter what we set out to do, we accomplish it. We accomplish it sooner or later. It's the doubt that makes us give up, to, compels us to give up making effort. So Guru, remover of darkness. And the darkness is the doubt. As I was saying earlier, the Guru gives you a practice and your responsibility is to do that practice diligently. If there are any doubts, if there are any confusions, uh, hopefully guru, guru is accessible to you that you can reach out and talk to. And without the guru, If you walk on a path, the doubt is bound to appear. It's bound to appear. The Guru gives a seat to our trust. When you have found the guru that you have established that relationship with, it becomes the seat of love and trust. And it's not the love and trust about that person because no human being is perfect. So one has to be a little careful around there too. Not have a blind trust. The trust is all about that my guru has the, my best in his or her mind. Guru is not there to do business with you. Guru is there to hold you, to hold you, to support you in your journey. Many times people have found a guru, they have established and guru did something stupid. Now everything they throw out of the window. That's a guru is a human being. He has done, he or she has done something. That's his or her journey. My relationship is all about, does this person have, has the best of me in his or her mind? Does this person, does my guru give me the knowledge, the experience that he or she has acquired during his or her journey. Every tradition 
everyone who is on a spiritual path requires a mentor. Whether you are in, doesn't matter what tradition you are in, it's nice to have a mentor. Mentor is someone who has walked the path, who is accessible to you, who has time for you, and who has the best interest about your journey. So these are the requirements of the guru-disciple relationship. There is a guru, then there is a sadguru. Once you have, I'm just speaking, looking back in my own experience with my guru. When I am with my guru, there is a little trace of fear also. But fear is there. Fear is not negative. There is a little fear. There was a times I really didn't want to be around Baba. But there was a part of me that couldn't even leave. It's a very interesting, uh, a part of me wanted to leave, but one part of me just could not even imagine leaving. Which part of me wanted to leave? The part that really needed work. The part that needed to work, wanted to live, just leave. And that's how this works. Love holds you, and the weakness in you keeps running, but it, love keeps pulling you back. just Googling something and now the Google becomes the guru, then it's uh, the option becomes a lot easier. Lots of times people Google for their practice, their mantra, their whatever. If the Google is the guru, then it's very, then there is a new guru every day. But if you establish the practice, establish a relationship with the guru, then you begin to walk on a straight path. It's a very uh, basic topic, but it's also a very uh, threatening topic because the very moment you think about a guru, oh, am I going to give my life over to someone? Am I going to really surrender to someone? It all comes. But my experience was that I really surrendered to that aspiration in me that wanted to experience something different in my life than I was pursuing before. When I surrendered to that, became a lot easier. I know it's a very uh, hot topic, so I would love for you to um, talk to each other.
and uh, come back to me. I see who is here, but there may be some other people for whom it's a very new topic. So I just wanted to touch on this today. Thank you all for being here.